Hello and welcome back to the That Got Me Thinking podcast. I'm your host Nat, but today I have a very special co-host, my daughter Meg. Hi everyone. So Meg is my oldest daughter and is 15 and I thought it'd be really good to get a different perspective on today's podcast and Meg is going to interview me. So it's all about me today. Yeah, so first question, what was your journey? How did you get into writing, podcasting and coaching? So... My journey started probably about nine years ago, really, when I got divorced. So I realised that I'd just been sleepwalking through life, essentially. Like, I had no idea what I wanted or what I was going to do. And I just did what everyone else did. And I was a little bit of a chameleon, really. And it took me so so many processes, really, to go through who I am. And I made those processes through writing. And it's always been something that I've done... And then I realised, actually, it's part of my therapy, essentially. And then I started writing articles and I started writing blogs. And now I'm writing a book. It's going to be out in June. Get very exciting. That is very exciting. Get ready. I'm, yeah, editing it at the moment. And then coaching was something. So my degrees in counselling, I've always loved counselling and what makes people tick and why we do what we do in human behaviour and people watching I do that like I'm I need to stop doing that actually (laughs) like when I the worst is like when you're in a lift or a tube and you're like what should be putting off to say stop just looking out the window yeah especially where we live it's just anyway um people watching it's just like (laughs) but why do people do that and I do something differently I just I just fascinates me human behavior so I decided to do coaching because I wanted to know what the difference was from counseling and how it was honestly part of just, I wanted to learn for myself. And then just, I was th- instantly like, oh, this is it. Yeah. And I went to a coach and she was really interesting. And I thought, oh, I could do that. This is what you want to do. This is really thing. what I want to do. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I did my diploma and just, it, was, it started really slowly. And obviously I've been accredited for three years now. So it's just been something that's grown and now I do coaching in schools and different things. And it's a lot of the same skills as counselling, but it's about what you want from your future. It's much more like focused on your strengths and your goals. And I love that. And podcasting has just been the last year and it's just something that I am not very good in front of a camera. Like I like podcasting because I'm an introvert, so no one needs to see me. I can do a podcast in my pajamas. I haven't got a brush. brush I haven't got to do anything. I can just sit here. No Meg. mascara or anything. Not even. I can just sit here and do podcasting. And I love, because it's a bit more intimate, people are much more willing to open up on a podcast because it feels like, oh, it's just you and them chatting. Yeah. There's no um there's no pressure to be something else. So I think it's almost it's raw when you do a podcast. Yeah. And that's what I like about it. And also I was just I just wanted a space to chat and talk about the things I was noticing, almost like a blog, but obviously through podcasting. And that there's so much I was noticing on social media about the way we only show our good stuff. You know, we only show yeah. the best version of ourselves and people believe it. And I know in like deep down, we know that's not true. But on face value, we compare ourselves with that every day. Yeah. So I just wanted a space where... Obviously, I'm all about women empowerment. Love that. So I just wanted a space where women in particular could share. And be authentically themselves. Loving that, Meg. Exactly. 
but more so they could share their journey. So, okay, I might be like doing something amazing now, but it's taken me 10 years or it's taken like seven different career paths. Yeah. It doesn't happen overnight. And I think especially younger people need to know that. Like we haven't got to have it all worked out. No. No one's ever got it worked out. The whole you know, the whole thing is a journey. Life is a journey. And I think we're always learning. And I love that about it. You never know, you know, tomorrow I could learn something and be totally different to where I am today. Yeah. So that is that, Meg. Well, I'll lead you on to the second question. What was the thing that changed your perspective on life? God, we're going straight in there. I know. We're going deep. We're going deep. We are. Um, divorce changed my perspective. Definitely one of them. Just almost like being, right, so I'm on my own this is it and I got yeah. I changed obviously we moved everything everything changed and it felt like I went through a grieving process like I was grieving my old life yeah um and I knew I wanted to start a new one but it was really difficult um and although that was something I instigated it was very hard for a long time because I was going through a process I almost felt like like you know like a snake sheds its skin that's what I felt like I was doing and just yeah but I didn't know what was underneath so I really had to find myself I know that sounds cliche but it's true but I think the one thing that massively changed my perspective was when we had our car crash. Why are you laughing? It's so it's morbid. It's not, not funny at all, but it's the only way I can, at the time I could process it. So we, to put this in context, I've just got divorced. This was like nine years ago. You were quite little. I was seven. Yeah, you were little. And um, we, I was going through a divorce process and I was, we were driving down like a little lane and there was like water on the one side and we were driving down I wasn't feeling great, but you know what it's like, especially as a mum, you're like, yeah, we'll carry on, it's fine. And going down the lane, and I can remember seeing the park on the one side, then the next thing, all I can see is the the barrier that stops you from going into the water, smashing the windscreen, and all the children were in the car, and I blacked out completely. And I can remember weirdly feeling incredibly calm, which is yeah. bizarre. I can remember feeling really calm, and I know this is going to sound really weird and woo-woo, but i got to do it. I heard a voice, right? And the voice said, you have to open the car door. And I was like, I don't, okay. But I felt super calm as I like, opened the door. But at the po- at this point, we were going almost like, felt like slow motion onto our side. I into felt the, the same, water. it felt like really weird. Yeah, into the water. And I and I knew if I didn't push against the door, we were going to suffocate, we were going to die. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when it's like that thing when women have got like this superhero and they're just able to like lift up cars you were a kids. superhero, to be fair. I am every day, Meg. Oh, but... I know. <laughs> but I was, although I broke my collarbone, I managed to open the car door to be able to let water in, which to sounds weird. So we could, we had a way to get out. Otherwise, the water with it would have yeah suffocated us and drowned us but luckily there was a group of boys behind us wasn't there yeah. and I managed to get you all out of the car onto the roof of the car and they lifted you onto the side and then lifted me out as well and then we had what well, we had a fire brigade ambulance we had everybody yeah, come police yeah everybody and the police said to me you do realize no one ever comes out of that warp you know piece of water alive no, I've never seen someone come out of there alive. I'll never forget that. And I was just like, at the time, I was like, oh, okay, aren't we lucky? And like brushed it off. And then later, when we'd all, you know, because none of you had any injuries, a few bruises where I pulled no. you out quickly so you didn't drown. But apart we from even that. We had warm clothes from the boot of the car that yeah, was all sealed. It was great. It was really random. After we'd all been to hospital and like many hours later come home, I was like, right. We nearly, just happened. we nearly died all of us like the four yeah. of us nearly all died family. yeah 
and I remember feeling, okay, if this is not enough for you to think you want to live your life on your terms, what is? Yeah. And it really pushed me to say, oh, I'm fed up with just doing more of the people think I should be doing. Sad that. Like, I want to be doing what I want to do because I've got one precious life. Yeah. And I nearly just lost that life. You think realistically, in a few years' time, your great-great-grandchildren going to remember what you did day-to-day, you know? That's weird, isn't it? I know. That's scary. Imagine that. But it's a good thought, though. I know. What is it almost like, what's your legacy you're going to leave? Exactly. What well, legacy would you have left if we all left at that specific time? God, Mag. We are going there. I You're know. good at this. I know. We I should have your podcaster. We should do a joint podcast. Um, but it's true. And I think about that often, like, when I don't know what... I, if I feel a bit, like, out of it, I always think, like, what would my legacy be if I did that? Like, what yeah. would I be leaving to my kids? Because they don't remember, like... You're not going to say, oh, yeah, she did really well at work. You're not going to have that written on your tombstone, no. are you? Do you know what I mean? You're going to have, like, you know, really caring or a good parent or whatever that is for you. You can make amazing pancakes. Maybe. I can. <laughs> Shall I have that put on there? Yeah, I'll make sure. <laughs> Thanks, Beth. Okay. So, yeah, that would be mine. And yeah. that, that would put my life into perspective massively. But that's not to say you've got to have a near-death experience to, to, no. <laughs> to have that. No. Um, but, yeah. And I think, moving on slightly, the reason why I did this podcast was so that we could see there is a journey that just because, you know, what you see... And it might be, you know, that car crash was a long time ago now, but I was mm-hmm. never forget that and that evening. And I can never no. drive down that strip of road without thinking oh my gosh yeah. and how uh, i we were saved really you know by those group of boys and just the bizarre how calm i felt it was just so weird it was really we were falling and i remember it being an extremely calm experience like it felt like we were all out of body almost yeah definitely so strange it was really odd so when you're thinking about like social media and the, how we portray that, I want people to realise that there's so many stories behind that image yeah. that people have gone through. That it's not just, I look like this today and, you know, this is how I've always been. It's not. People have got a massive journey to get to where they are and life is always a journey. Mm-hmm. And I think we struggle to see past the rose tinted glasses version that we all portray Definitely. rather than the truth. Do you notice that at all, Meg, with, with what you're going through as a teenager? Definitely. Being a teenager and growing up in this age of social media is definitely a difficult thing to do because in your childhood you never had celebrities that showcase their whole fake lives almost yeah. on social media that you dream of or you don't have like people from school showing you, like, this is what I did today, look at my amazing life. No, we didn't and... have dial-up. We had dial-up internet, Meg. I know. <laughs> You had to go to the phone box down the road. I wasn't quite that bad, but... Mm. <laughs> but um, it's definitely hard because you compare yourself to everyone. Yeah. Even people that you know for a fact as lives are miserable. Yeah. You just think, well, I, I don't want to be like them. I need to be better than them. Yeah. And then the people that you think, oh, they're more attractive than me or they take better selfies than me or... <laughs> Something like that, which is so simple, but then you try and beat them. It's almost like a game. Yeah, wow. And it's so difficult because you haven't just got your celebrities' lives to compare yourself to. You also have all of your peers in school and Mm. you feel like you have to make yourself presentable to them. All the time. All the time. Because there's no off switch with social media, that's it. No, it's always there. So much pressure, isn't there? So much pressure. 
Because you feel like you have to be the perfect image that everyone portrays you to be. Yeah, and if you're not, are you keeping up with the standards the social media expects? Exactly, and if you don't post that one quote, is a friend's going to call you like not up to date? Or if you put a different colour on your Instagram post, is that going to make you like out there? You think about every single thing you put on social If I like this post, is somebody going to think I'm weird? Wow. So much to consider, isn't it? You can't just do anything because you want to. It's like it's got to be a, a carefully considered action. There's that switch in your head that's like, oh, actually, should I not do this? Because just in case this person might think I'm weird, and I don't want them to think I'm weird. Is there a, like a judgment thing to it? Obviously, yeah, yeah. And, and do you com- judge yourself? Definitely. Mm. It's a comparison thing. You so- want to be seen better than everyone else. So much, though, isn't it? When we know it's fake. Yeah. And everyone's, everyone's having these thoughts. Well, I don't know that, but I would imagine a lot of people are, are feeling exactly the same way. Exactly. Yeah, if we were a little bit more open and honest and authentic, we could stop that for everybody. I know, but even then, there's still going to be yeah. that judgment in the back of people's minds thinking, okay, that person really being themselves, but if I'm themselves, am I going to get the same reaction as them? Because um, they yeah. have more followers than me, so maybe they have more broad-minded people. So true, them. and it'd be great if we could all have like a mentor, wouldn't it? To be yeah. like, right, so I'm gonna really support you through this, and I know what you're going through, and I went through the same thing, and it's okay. I think sometimes we all just need to know it's okay, or even just a mental mentor. Yes, just somebody in your head to tell you post that if you really want to, because no one cares in the long run. I think we're all so busy worrying about ourselves that we don't really care what other people come out as. We're no. just worried about how we per- perceived. I don't look at somebody's Instagram post and think, oh, that colour they put is dodgy. Because so, it's just not something you do. So why do you think that they would look at yours in the exactly. same way? And we all do it. It doesn't matter what age you are, if you're 15 no. or 45. 50. Yeah, I don't think it really matters. Middle-aged like you. I am not middle-aged. <laughs> I'm 38. Thank you very, very much. Honestly, podcaster listeners, this is disgraceful behaviour. Um, but talking about mentors... This is off track just a little bit. Um, Have you had, like, is there anyone you look up to on social media that is positive for you? Or someone, like, in your family? I'm not saying that has to be me. uh, But someone that has helped you or supported you through? Through what? Just through life. I don't know. It's quite a hard one because I haven't actually had that much life lived. No, you are 15. Exactly. But I think I definitely look up to every single woman in my life. Yeah. Because you do think, maybe not even like, oh, I want my life to be like theirs. You think, well, if I take this particular route, do I want my life to be like them? Yeah. Do I want to end up like them? Mm. You even compare yourself to your own family. Yeah, you can do. That's true. true. Yeah. You have to really, I think, in the way of mentors, maybe it's not as you'd think. Yeah. I think it's more like, do I want my life to be like this? Yeah, and to look at what they've done and see if that's something you want to kind of go down that road. So I, I'm saying obviously because Meg knows this very well, Mm -hmm. my mentor was my nan, Margot, and she encouraged me to write. So she was the one who told me, if you can read, you can write. And if you can read and write, you can do anything you want in this world. And it was only, like when I was younger, I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to write and I wanted to find out about people and I totally forgot all about it which is ironic and now when I started like writing to process I was like oh I actually love this this is something I I really like to do yeah 
and then what I started writing this book that I'm putting out in June three years ago um, and she died two years ago and I couldn't write I didn't write for a year after she passed away because so many of my memories of writing are linked to her yeah and it was only yeah a year ago that I picked it up again I was like no I need to get this finished and it almost motivated me to put it out there to be like I need to do this and like yeah. when I wrote yesterday I was like editing the book and putting my dedications in and she's one of my dedications and it made me feel like oh give me a little tear because yeah, I was thinking did it for her yeah and very much I wanted to show her that I would do that like I'd follow through with it I always said I'd do it and here it is Nan and this is yeah. for you and I think that is something that what I didn't want to happen is to get to 80 and think oh I still got that book on my word document on my no, laptop what's the point of it being there because you know I could say well, no one's going to read it or I have no I know this doesn't compare to my you know my favorite author or anything but at the end of the day that's my you are a published author that and it's also just it's my I haven't got to compete with anyone it's just my no. words it's my book so yeah I think that can be a really important thing if you do have that and if you've got that person maybe it's old being older is easier if they're an older mentor because there's no yeah there's no comparison almost you just share no. you share it like an an experience or you share love essentially and that's where we are so that is today's podcast we've covered quite a lot actually near-death experiences legacy social media it's a lot it's a lot for a few minutes fair play you've been an amazing co-host mag why thank you i've loved it um if you'd like to know so obviously my website is nwbcoaching.com you can find it about all sorts of things i've done on there and my blogs and podcasts further podcasts and yeah wait and see for the book to come out in june very exciting it is very exciting and thank you for listening see you all and have a lovely lovely week